Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Wears Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would please open your Bibles to the book of Colossians. We're in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. This is God's Word. For I want you to know how greatly I'm struggling for you, for those in Laodicea and for all who have not seen me in person. I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of complete understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I'm saying this so that no one will deceive you with arguments that sound reasonable. For I may be absent in body, but I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see how well-ordered you are and the strength of your faith in Christ. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and overflowing with gratitude. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition based on the elements of the world rather than Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. And you have been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. You were also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done with hands, by putting off the body of flesh, in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. He erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them in him. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink or in the matter of a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of what was to come. The substance is Christ. Let no one condemn you by delighting in ascetic practices and the worship of angels, claiming access to a visionary realm. Such people are inflated by empty notions of their unspiritual mind. He doesn't hold on to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and held together by its ligaments and tendons, grows with growth from God. 
If you died with Christ to the elements of this world, why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Why do you submit to regulations? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. All these regulations refer to what is destined to perish by being used up. They are human commands and doctrines. Although these have a reputation for wisdom by promoting self-made religion, false humility, and severe treatment of the body, they are not of any value in curbing self-indulgence. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Just three points that I want to focus on in the passage this morning. The first is that there is a danger for believers becoming deceived. I mean, a lot of people think if we can just get them saved, then everything will be fine. No, even those who have been born again, who have received God's Holy Spirit, have the capacity to do the wrong thing. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I'm just presuming that out of those who are in this room who have trusted in Christ, you've messed up since then. But we don't just mess up in things that we do or that we fail to do. It is often that we mess up in our outlook, in our worldview, in our way of approaching life. In fact, Many times, the reason that our conduct is not what it should be is because our mindset is not what it should be. And it's possible for those who are Christians to become deceived. Don't let this happen to you. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, I don't want you to be deceived. Be careful so that no one will deceive you. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition. Because it happens. Have you read the book of Galatians? Paul writes to a group of people who started out well and then took a horrible detour. Because some people came along and said, oh, no, 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 it's not enough to trust in Christ. In order to be saved, you have to be circumcised. Well, you know, I I didn't know that. If that's what I'm supposed to do, then I'm sure, you know, I mean, I, I certainly want to be saved. Paul gets word of this and he writes to them and he says, don't do it! Circumcision is nothing. It's not that it's wrong to be circumcised, but it's wrong for you to be circumcised because you're getting circumcised in order to try and earn your salvation. If you think there's anything you can do to earn your salvation, you're not trusting in Christ. The reason Jesus came and died on the cross is because none of us could possibly do anything in order to save ourselves or one another. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were dead in trespasses and sin. So the only way that we could be saved was for God to become a man, live a sinless life, and take our place, and take our punishment. And because he did that, we can now have full and free access to God. 
But if you think that what Jesus did wasn't enough, and that you've got to add something to it, then you have not understood the gospel. So Paul writes to the Galatians, and he tells them, don't get circumcised. Now, he clarifies elsewhere, I'm not saying it's wrong to be circumcised. I'm saying it would be wrong for you to be circumcised because for you that would be coming back under the law. Okay? You say, okay, well, but uh, what about this deception idea? I mean, is it really possible for believers to, uh, to be deceived? Well, not only is he warning them against it there in Colossians, but let re- me remind you um, in his letter to the Galatians that he says he had to rebuke Peter, chapter 2, when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned, for he regularly ate with the Gentiles before certain men came from James. However, when they came, he withdrew and separated himself because he feared those from the circumcision party. Then the rest of the Jews joined his hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were deviating from the truth of the gospel, I told Cephas in front of everyone, if you, who are a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you compel Gentiles to live like Jews? We are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, and yet... Because we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we ourselves have believed in Christ Jesus. This was so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no human being will be justified. He says the same thing over in Romans. No one is going to be justified by keeping the law. Why? Because nobody keeps the law. If you're trying to earn your salvation, you're going to hell. Because, okay, for this I will ask for a show of hands. How many of you have sinned? Okay, you're going to hell. Apart from Christ. Apart from Christ. So, There's a warning against being deceived. It is possible for people who have trusted Christ to hear something, to hear someone, and to be so impressed that it's like, wow, I never never heard that before. Well, I didn't know that. Well, this this guy, he's got got multiple degrees. I I think maybe he knows knows a lot more than I do because... He's, you know, I mean, he's really smart. Don't fall for it. I am continually amazed at how so many scholars, intellectuals, if you just peel back the veneer, are absolutely empty on the inside. It doesn't hold up. One of my favorite stories of Dr. Francis Schaeffer meeting with a fellow who was a Hindu, who was a complete 
relativist, supposedly. He was saying that there is no right and wrong in some transcendent way. It's all a matter of what you believe. What's right for you, that's fine, but that's not to be imposed on me. There is no absolute right and wrong. Schaefer heated up a pot of tea, and when the kettle was whistling, he brought the pot over to where the man was seated and held it over his head. He said, I want to be sure I understand your position. What you're saying is that if I were to pour this boiling water over your head, it wouldn't necessarily be wrong. The Hindu scholar got up and left. Why? Because nobody's a convinced relativist. We only espouse that empty philosophy when we're trying to justify our own behavior. We don't really believe that there is no right and wrong. Nobody believes that when their property gets stolen. So Paul says, don't be deceived. Don't be taken captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world, rather than Christ. The antidote to the deception is Christ. He is the one in whom God manifests his fullness. If you want to know the truth, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. He is the exact representation of the Father's glory. And so everything about God is found in him because he is God incarnate. The word became flesh and lived among us. And you can know him and have life in him and he comes to live his life through you. Everything that needed to be done, he did. Everything that stood against us, nailed to the cross. All the principalities and powers, these very real spiritual forces that exist in the universe that are finite, created beings, all those dealt with at the cross. Jesus has triumphed. Christ is victor. And he's even conquered death. Hallelujah. Folks, it's a great privilege for me to be able to come each evening and bring God's Word on these stations. I am so thankful that I have the opportunity to do that. But if you listen regularly, you know that my life day-to-day is involved in trying to minister to kids who come from very difficult situations. I want to ask you to please help us. Contact us at wvr.org and find out how you can be part of the miracle. wvr.org. Please help us help these children. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is So, there's a danger that even believers can be deceived. 
Paul says, don't let it happen to you. The antidote to the deception is the truth of Jesus, who he is and what he has done. But then Paul begins to talk at the end of this chapter about a particular deception that a lot of people fall into. It's an expansion of what was said earlier, which used circumcision as an example. And that is the deception of legalism. People who think that they've got to follow a bunch of man-made rules. Preschoolers sometimes are told, don't step on a crack or you'll break your mother's back. Now, why would somebody say something stupid like that? Well, because I guess they thought it was fun to watch preschoolers trying to avoid the cracks as they go down the sidewalk. But it's a silly superstition. And yet there are tons of adults who fall into the same basic trap. I've got to do this. I've got to do this this way. I've got OCD. You think I can't relate to this problem? If somebody messes with my organization, if somebody moves my stuff, it bothers me. Well, I, of all people, would be very susceptible to the deceit of thinking that somehow I've got to do things my way, the way I was taught, the way I've always done it, in order to please God. And so guess who messes with my stuff? Sometimes. God. He uses people. But God wants to set me free so that I realize, you know, it doesn't matter. But I want you to understand, Paul says, there are folks who think that they are spiritually insightful into the spirit realm, and they come back with these ludicrous rules that they try and impose on other people. And it may have to do with, um, oh, special days, special foods, severe treatment of the human body. You can't do this, you can't do that. You've got to do this and you've got to do that. If you don't do it, you're not really living a disciplined spiritual life. The Apostle Paul says, don't fall for that. Do not fall for that. It is getting you distracted from real life in Christ. So, we're not going to go into chapter 3, but I've got to warn you that Satan is a judo expert. Okay? If you listen to me over a period of time, you'll hear me say that over and over again. Satan is a judo expert. If he can't get you to go into this extreme, which is a mess, he'll try and get you to go into this extreme, which is a mess. Right after telling the people that they must not try and observe a bunch of man-made rules in order to be spiritual, because those kinds of rules are of no value in curbing self-indulgence. But then in chapter 3, 
He warns, therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you've put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. You're being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. In Christ, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Now what's he saying? Why is he saying that there? Because he's just told us that in Christ we are free from the law. Some people are going to take that and think, ha, that means I can do whatever feels good in the moment. I can engage in sexual immorality, I can lie to people, I can steal stuff that I want. Paul says, don't think that for a minute. That's the way you used to live before you knew Christ. God's wrath is coming on people because of such things. The freedom that we have in Christ is not the freedom to sin, it is the freedom to live holy lives that are pleasing to God, which before we knew Christ, we were incapable of. Okay, now wait a minute. We're getting confused here. It seems like you spent a long time telling us that we are not under law. Yeah, that's right. So if we're not under law, then we ought to be able to do all the stuff we used to get in trouble for. No. You're not under law The law couldn't save you because you couldn't keep the law. Now you've been saved and you're in Christ. So the goal is to walk in Him, to grow in Him, to love Him and want to do what pleases Him. We love Him because He first loved us. And so our conduct is going to be based on what we believe he wants. How are we going to know what he wants? He tells us in his word. So are we trying to earn our salvation? Absolutely not. We're saying thank you for our salvation. We are demonstrating, working out our own salvation, manifesting our salvation, because God has saved us. So I'm not earning it. I'm not adding to what Jesus did. What I'm doing is walking in Christ, growing in Christ, sharing his love, his grace, his plan. And we're taught even when we suffer for righteousness' sake to rejoice. Because God is working in us an eternal weight of glory. All our troubles here will be over sooner than we realize. And we will see him face to face and find that he has changed us into his likeness. Folks, that's exciting. When I was a little kid, I wasn't worried about stepping on cracks, but I... I used to try as I followed my dad somewhere 
and put my feet where his feet had gone. I'd watch where his feet landed. Problem was he was close to six feet tall and I was not yet three feet tall. So I was, I would have been a good gymnast at the time. I was just about doing the splits going down the sidewalk, trying to get my feet stretched out to where his was. But it gave me comfort to think someday I'm gonna grow up and be like him. I still get comfort today, realizing that someday I'm gonna be like Jesus. He promised, and he keeps his promises. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.